0: All right. What if, what if I picked a hundred? All right, I'm recording in a hundred. No, no, ninety nine. I mean, it's ninety eight. <laughs> There's a podcast I listen to that does that bit
1: when they, when they sign off from the show, and it's just it's actually funny to
0: listen to. His, like every episode, they do it differently, but it's funny. I don't know one of the the one of the podcasts I listen to that has one of my it's my one of my favorite intros. It's different every week. And somehow they've tricked their fan base into re- like making uh, song parodies for them about the podcast. Huh. So like every episode, it's a new song parody that one of their fans made. And some of them are like super good and really well produced. And I was like, you assholes. that's just great free content that you don't have to do anything right? for. How did you How did you work this scam on your fans? Well, you but, get enough fans um,
1: and they love your shit and you ask for submissions and eventually yeah. they, you know, will send you shit and it'll be, some of these people get creative with the uh, production value too, so.
0: Well, and, and, I mean, they had a big built-in fan base. They, they were two guys from College Humor, so they had like a huge fan base from that already. One day, um, Jaffe, we, we're, we're
1: again, we're we're shooting for the stars. We may land in the clouds or however that saying goes. So, sure. Welcome
0: to the Degenerates Clubhouse Podcast, <laughs> episode two. Yeah, so on, on this exciting, monumental episode two, we are going to do a brief review of the Usman Masvidal card. Uh, we're we're going to try to figure out what the heck Usman and Masvidal need to do moving on with their careers, because they, they have a separate but... Very challenging issues facing mm-hmm. both of them. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about our personal lives, and then we're going to give a, a quick uh, recommendation of some of the the TV shows that got us through lockdown with our sanity in place. So, in in, in that uh, vein, let's get into the recap of Usman versus Masvidal, USC two fifty one. Uh, let's just just focus Fight on the, the main card. Um, yeah, yeah, there were palm trees. At least they had that going, so that was exciting. Um, and the, the first fight on the main card was Paige Van VanZant versus Amanda Rebus. Did that go any differently both than you thought it would? Compl-
1: your, your bold prediction last week was that that was the last we'll see of PVZ, and you and you hit that motherfucker dead on. That couldn't have been more of a bullseye. And I and I agreed with you when you made that bold prediction. Um, when they raised Rebus's hand in the air. The hater in me, like, was kind of chuckling at Paige's Paige's like facial expression, like you could tell she was holding back tears. Like, I, this is the last you'll see of me on the UFC. I
0: gotta go to Bellator. Like, she was for sure. It hurt. You could tell. Yeah, I mean, it's understandable too, right? Because I understand what it's like coming back from injuries and trying to deal with that. There's so much emotion because. I mean, you go through all this bullshit—surgeries and physical therapy—and it's like that whole time through all of it, you're just in your head, like I'm just doing this to get back. I'm just doing this to get back. Like you're envisioning that moment when you can finally compete again. And for her, she had what, three three arm surgeries, so it's been a, such a long time, so much bullshit, and then she just gets wiped. Yeah,
1: and I think um, I think she also suffered an arm injury. If I'm if I'm not mistaken, she ever suffered another arm injury during that fight.
0: Again, yeah, she fu- fucking rebus right. burger. Jesus, <laughs> like, I hope. Hopefully, it was at least the other arm. I mean, so so that that would have most likely been uh, like a hyperextension or something. It would have been a soft tissue yeah. injury to, at the elbow. Um, she she had she'd been repeatedly been breaking yeah. her arm. So at least it's a, a different injury. But man, I I don't know. P- yeah, Page Mizek, go to bellator take some some cake fights make some money Rebus look good too
1: um, you know rebus you can't you can't like rebus look good um <laughs> i think you you or i one was i think it was me made a comment about her laugh her cackle that, that oh my you, god yes. it's it's
0: uh it's not quite annoying it's kind of endearing because it's goofy <laughs> It's it's like, like one part like Joker from the animated Batman series and one part borax. Yeah. It's like ha, ha, ha. it's like whoa. Yeah, <laughs> For sure Easy there revast Yeah, she's just loving life doing her thing. And me me saying that she was gonna flatline Paige Van Zant wasn't entirely an indictment on Paige Van Zandt. I mean, do I think PVZ could have done more to advance her MMA game? Probably. Mm-hmm. But Rebus also ran through Random Marcos, and Random Marcos is a great sort of benchmark. Like she, she's got good, good wrestling. I mean, I wouldn't say great. I mean, she's she's not, um, you know, as good as, as the, the top wrestlers in that division. by any stretch, but she's she's definitely good. She's got solid fundamental striking. Like her game, Random Marcos's game is put together in a way that makes sense and is going to give her a chance against anybody yeah. to be competitive in the fight. And Rebus just, like, fucked her up. I was like, well, okay, so she, now we know that she's the real deal. And the UFC has a habit of doing this, right? When there's a big name that they think is on the way out, they will just feed that person to the wolves. Oh, yeah. They did it to beat BJ Penn. They did it. And that's the other thing. They do not care who it is. It could be a legend who they built their company's name on, they're like, and now we will let the young devour you yeah. and, and and take your fame. So that's that's what they're doing. It
1: sounds like a almost a mental ploy that the UFC does. It's like we don't want to tell you to retire, but here's this tough, tough, tough matchup for you. We're crossing our fingers that you get the hint and you get your butt kicked and you retire. Like you said like the BJ Penn against uh uh Ryan Hall, was it? Was his last fight, I believe? Maybe he had one more.
0: The the the, the one <laughs> No, the one that they did that to—I mean, yes, that—that that was, I think, his last fight. But the—the—the the, the one where they just cannibalized BJ was—they put a—they a, <laughs> put just a decrepit old BJ pen in the octagon with Yair Rodriguez. Oh yeah, holy <laughs> shit! <laughs> <laughs> your
1: Yair like, explodes like,
0: on people, dude. That—that that dude is like, to the last second. Like this, Jesus, this is criminal, basically. I mean, like, you might—you might you have just. Let BJ walk into uh, his death right there, yeah. but yeah, um, but yeah. So, so that was Rebus Hebus versus PVZ Hebus. Um, yeah, we, we'll get it. Uh, no big surprise. And then I, I i would say probably also not a surprise how uh, rose Yunus and, and Jessica Andraj went down. Was that the the Was that the second fight in the main card? That was the okay. second fight. It was it was led off by uh, two ladies' fights. Yeah, um, Jesus, I,
1: I just forget the sequence of the fights and like and yeah, that was a big fight. And uh, you're right, it didn't it didn't happen any differently than I than I thought. You know, you said so as well though. But like nine times out of ten, Andrade just bullies her.
0: I, I think I think, and this this was kind of my my thought on the fight was. I would pick Andrade against Rose in a five-round fight every mm-hmm. time, because I think, I mean, Andrade's game is is based off of putting a lot of pressure, and Rose has a trouble handling pressure. So I think over twenty-five minutes, there's there's just enough of a chance that Andrade makes Rose yeah. go to her breaking yeah. point. And I was like, I was like, three rounds though, maybe she could hang on. It was close. And to be fair, uh i think it was in the
1: latter part of the third round uh andraj like busted like completely busted up open mm-hmm. uh rose's face and i mean uh, god damn her fucking uh, her eye looked like
0: shit bleeding everywhere a little bit but um <laughs> her nose was messed up her too. nose
1: yeah but you know what I give give credit to rose for being tough as fucking nails and a and year right it was a third round fight if it was a if that had happened in a five round fight, Rounds four and five would have been way worse for Rose than 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 what had happened. You know, it would've it could have it could have, yes, it could have been Andragi just slowly getting back into that fight and and
0: taking over and, and you know, fourth, fifth round just winning that fight. Okay, so so two two things. there were two big things that stood out for me in that fight. Uh one was uh, jessica Andraj's improvements or, or attempts improvements because she really did try to fight a little bit of a different fight wanted to see what you thought about that and then the second thing the really really big standout was pat barry on the mic in the corner oh god damn it Lord. you know
1: what i couldn't get the audio because because um i was hosting it so i had i had friends and family over it was my sister's 30 I don't know, second birthday, I believe. So I had friends and family over and I was playing host at the same time trying to watch the fights. And although I had these speakers outside so we can all hear it, again, me playing Mr. Host, I'm like getting people drinks and blah, blah, blah. So I didn't catch a whole lot of the – normally if it was just me by myself, I would have caught the Pat Berry, the coaching conversation. I missed it. And Pat Barry's already entertaining.
0: Oh, my God. So just – so if, guys, if you aren't familiar with Pat Berry – um, I think I can sum up his personality best by his, his Instagram handle. So, so mo- again, most, most fighters would be, if, you know, if they were Pat Berry, they would be like Pat Berry UFC or Pat Berry MMA, Pat Berry. Uh, I guess he was a heavyweight. So he wouldn't, you know, he wouldn't say Pat Berry 205. It would be a name like yeah, that. Yeah. Pat Berry's Instagram handle is hype or die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hyper or die. Or, or, that, or, or that, some,
1: that, that fits. Or some of his handles are like, uh something something uh hd pat barry hd i think he uses that handle on some other social media platform but again it stands for hype or die
0: yeah it's, it's pat barry hype or die it's like jeez yeah um that that's pretty extreme i guess i guess between hype or die i will take hype right 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 <laughs> those are my two options yeah let's go hype and that's so yeah he was just highly entertaining the corner he's just like you're amazing rose you're the best in the world you got it, you got it. i was like geez. <laughs> like. I'm all right. I'm I'm hyped. I'm getting a contact type from Pat. <laughs> yeah, he's no, he's oh, he's tra- good. Hey, hey, trademark that Co- contact type. Contact type.
1: He's also Rose's um, uh, fiance, fiance. So they they have a really intimate relationship.
0: I, I mean, you would ex- assume. Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, yeah, that that part. <laughs> but I'm saying they're so close because they're fiance. They they, you know, mm-hmm. if you anyone that's watched the pre-fight stuff, like Pat Berry really. Uh, he he talks about how it was. It's hard for him to kind of separate sometimes <clears throat> being a coach and like when to turn the coach mode off and be fiance and when and v- vice versa. But 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 because they know each other so goddamn well, like it, it's they've probably gotten better at that. You know, take you know sw- flipping the switch.
0: Okay, if if you want a real a great insight and just just a highly entertaining. Um, just look into their, their, their lives. They did something on YouTube called the Thug Diaries, I think it was mm-hmm. called. And there was this I can't remember how long it was. It was like a like an eight or ten part series where they went to you know, I can't remember where it was. They went to, to somewhere either in Africa or Asia, I wanna say, to to help build sustainable housing for like the, the people there. You know, and, and it was you know, they're building building houses out of like tires and things like that. And just just seeing them in in that scenario interacting i mean the absolute funniest part was (laughs) was where pat decides that he's going to go into town um and he takes this like little like motorcycle over these you know uh, rural dirt roads and then manages to skid out on the motorcycle and like destroy his leg and bust up the motorcycle and then like (laughs) this is just all on film and it you know, and he's he's coming back to his his main thing is like God, I'm gonna get yelled at when I get back. <laughs> <laughs> Rose is gonna kick my ass. It was oh my God, it was hilarious. But um, yeah, they're they're an interesting couple too because they're, they're so different but complement m- m- each other very yeah, well. Yeah, for sure. Um, so good. It was great. It was great to see Rose, uh, Rose get the win. Yeah. Uh, and then the next fight on the card after that was Jan Aldo.
1: Piotr Jan and Jose Aldo, and I think my bold prediction, one of my other bold predictions was that. Oh, I don't think I mentioned that as a bold prediction. Come to think of it, I'm just in my mind. No, I I, I thought Aldo. I didn't want to count him out. I thought Aldo would have a chance at at uh, beating him. Um, I I kind of thought Piotr was a little bit overhyped, but hey, we'll find out, right? Um, and and no, but 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 Piotr proved us wrong. Um, God, I think. I think there was there was a moment toward the end of the fight where Piotr was just it should have been stopped a little bit earlier like 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 Aldo was taking a beating poor
0: guy to, to me the thing that that was uh, cleared up a little bit was I thought Aldo might be a little bit shot at this point in his career okay um and watching that fight I'm like yeah he is he's not he's not completely shot he's not Bj Penn Yair Rodriguez like. You know, sac- sacrificial lamb at the altar shot, but he's lost a couple steps. That being said, he st- he he was legitimately one of the greatest of yeah. all time. I mean, I think I think you you can really argue that uh, he was the the best at 145 ever. He 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 truly was one of the best defensive fighters. Um, you know, at in the UFC, there's a, there's a lot of fighters who have tremendous offense and they're not as good defensively, but he he was a very good defensive fighter, which is probably why he's been able to take so many fights. So it's like him losing a couple steps, he can still be competitive. But that being said, man, he always had slowed down. You know, he would always give a round, uh, a round or two away. Um, and at this point, now he's also trying to cut down to 135, and he's older, and he always has had a habit of giving a couple rounds, you know, away in these big fights. It's like... You just—that just isn't a recipe for success against the freaking killers at one thirty-five. So. Do you
1: think he's reached in uh, reached the Uriah Faber um, era of his career, where you have a yeah, longtime champion, big name, big draw, just can't cut the mustard at top five, but he can compete with everybody else.
0: I think I think that's so. So here is the difference. He, so. Aldo was obviously better than Faber, right? Like yeah, they fought. Yeah. Aldo kept messing them up. So he he was he's coming down from a much higher place. So he could probably be be competitive. I mean, he, it was a competitive yeah. fight with with Jan until he just completely ran out of gas and and was like, "All right, can can you please get me out of here, ref? No, uh, now can you? Okay, you yeah. know, like um, that? Yeah, it was a little bit hard to watch. But, so it's like. I, I think he's at a little bit of a crossroads where it's like he, he could stick around and try to put it together a couple wins against top five opponents. It's like maybe he would win one of them. But I, I just don't think it's worth it. I think at this point, embrace what Faber did. Start to set up some – try to set up some fun fights. Like fight Anthony Pettis. Like that's a great fight. Pettis is also a little bit washed. Fight him at 155. Pettis, Aldo at 55? Yeah. Huh. I fucking watch that for sure. He, and it doesn't necessarily have to be that fight, but look for, like, big marquee fights where he can get a payday, and he's not going to have to fight, a, you know, he's savage coming up. Um, it's true. Aldo's not that old. He's not that old in, like, human years, but he's ancient in fight years. Yeah. A lot of wear and tear on that yeah, body. I think,
1: I think he's not... I think he still has a lot of good, um, you know, fights in them, but... uh Man, he's had a shitload of title shot chances, and I don't know that he's ever going to be a champ again, but, I, but but I think he still has a lot of exciting fights left in him as long as they give him some good matchups, you know? Um, Yeah, what's the other... Ah, oh, shit. I, I, Edson Barbosa, another Brazilian with amazing mm-hmm. crazy kicks, and at
0: 55, that'd be another good matchup for him, you know? Yeah, so that's going to be interesting, right? Because Barbosa is he might be similar actually in age but he he's just not had nearly as many fights and wars uh, as as Aldo's had so I, I could see him sticking around trying to make a run at 145 cuz i don't know if you remember Barboza dropped down to 145 hmm. and and lost his first fight but it was controversial and a lot of most people thought, thought he okay. won all right well so Barboza really does want to try to make a run at the title that that first fight he had at 145 um, I don't know. I, I my guess is in Barbosa's mind is like, look, I really re- won that fight. I'm going to take one more <laughs> right. shot and then see what gotcha. happens. Um, but yeah, you know, we're we're thinking along the same line, right? Like, fun fights for him that will will be against names. I mean, there's so many so yeah. many people um that that fall into that category where, and and, and at this point, man, just Aldo, go up, stop, yeah, stop, yeah. I mean, you know. Stop depleting yourself because I I did get into a back and forth with some idiot on Instagram, which I, I do sometimes to to amuse myself. And um someone someone asked like, how did Aldo lose? I'm like, he got tired, and that that guy, this guy, this guy's like, you know, keyboard warrior. No, Peter Jan destroyed oh. him. Peter Jan is a is a better technical boxer, and Aldo couldn't hang with him. And I'm like, it's like so, by better technical boxer, you're talking about like how Aldo won rounds or and he, and and you know and basically he he goes on this long rant, and I'm like okay okay let's do let's do multiple choice, my friend aldo uh you know oh that was his thing he he was talking about how Aldo had a much lower output than Jan. And I was like, do you think Aldo had a much lower output than than Jan? Because A, he was afraid of the scorching criticism from some douchebag on Instagram. (laughs) B, he's considering becoming a pacifist. And he's like, you know, let me not throw as many punches because I want to embrace the peaceful way. Or C, he's old... He's been in a bunch of wars. He never had that great of a gas tank to begin with, and he's depleting himself to get one th- down to 135, and he knows he just can't throw that yeah. much or he's going to gas out. Which one of you? those do you think it is? And I didn't get a response. Yeah, I think so. it's
1: – it's. Um, well, yeah, it's, it's – uh, I'm not saying Piotr Jan is overhyped, but I, you, you touched on this in the last episode, and I tend to agree that he maybe cut the line a little bit, I, I'm on board with you in the sense that maybe it should have been Aljo, Aldo, maybe, or Aljo and somebody
0: else. But Piotr Jan, I think he skipped like one or two. Um, well, I mean, it should have been Aljo and uh, Corey Sandhagen. Like okay, that, yeah, that should right. have been the yeah. title fight. But, but because they both had better records than than Jan, but whatever. Yeah, but yeah, you're right. The um, UFC did what the UFC does. That that fight, honestly, I was like, you know what? As long as they freaking give Aljamain Sterling a shot, I'm not. Too worked up about it. The the fight that I I, I did get. I mean, I, I'm not gonna say like emotional, but I was I, I felt a little little for foreclamped. I felt a little little tightening in my chest. I was like, oh no, Volkanovski, oh. Holloway. Like, because I, I like both of those guys, but something about seeing Max um lose a decision he probably should have won. That's how I'll put it. Because I don't think it was a robbery. Yeah. I, it definitely was a close fight. But ah, I think that was Max's fight, and he made um, it was it was a really interesting fight too, right? Because he Max did make the adjustments he needed to make. You know, he wasn't wasn't getting chewed up by leg kicks.
1: So I think I think the difference is the first fight. Um, watching their first fight, their first matchup, I think it was very very close. But I think just in general, it did for sure lean towards the Volkanovski fight, and they gave Vol- Volkanovski the win. With the second one, I think they were just as close, but if I had to give the edge to somebody, for sure I would have given the edge to Holloway. In fact, everyone that was here at the at my my party thing going on, we all were like, "Oh, you know, Holloway got the belt back. Cool. We were all kind of we were all everybody there was kind of on the same page. We all thought Holloway got did enough to recapture the belt and we were even saying, "Here we go, trilogy fight. Perfect." But the the judge and I think Dana White had even said, "Hey, we need to switch some judging around." He didn't outrightly say the judges gave it to the wrong guy, but I think he for sure implied that even Dana felt like Holloway won that fight. Um,
0: it sucks. Well, so, so 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 as far as that, like Holloway won the first two rounds without dispute. He had knockdowns in both of the right. first two rounds. He landed more volume. Like he definitely won those. Three was a question mark. I think four was 100% Volkanovski. And I could see five being a question mark, but I would also give it to Volkanovski because it was close, and he he landed that takedown. Um, the, the thing that was the most interesting to me was were the adjustments at play, though, right? Because if you remember the first fight, Volkanovski just completely chewed up Max's leg with right. leg kicks. He made him switch stances where he wasn't as effective. And then Max could just never get any rhythm yeah. going because anytime he tried to put combos together, he would just nail him in that leg, and he did a better job of limiting Volkanovski's ability to land leg kicks. And then the, fu- the thing I thought was hilarious too this this fight when Volkanovski did land a leg kick, Max was like "fuck you," I kick you right back yeah, in your yeah. leg. So and that I think that actually dissuaded Volkanovski. He's like, "Oh God, he's gonna." Trill me, yeah, right yeah. I got another one. If I kick him, yeah, if I kick, I'm gonna get another
1: one coming back. I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna get fired back uh, at. Um.
0: So, so it's like, yeah, he was getting worked those. He got dropped in each of the first two rounds by yeah. Max, and then down the line, like he actually made adjustments where he's like, okay, I actually have, I've got to be more aggressive. I have to come forward more. I'm losing the point fighting game this time around. Like I'm gonna get in his face and, and yeah. mix it up, which. Um, you know that that really speaks volumes to Volkanovski because there's a lot of fighters that can go into a fight with a good game plan and follow it, but when it doesn't work, then all of a sudden they're lost. And like he made that big adjustment yeah. on the fly, so I was I was yeah. Really impressed. They, they,
1: if they don't have a plan B, plan C, um, it looks like Volkanovski had one, or at least he was well coached enough to make those help him make those adjustments. And
0: um, yeah, I mean, I think his gym you've got to – you've got to be impressed with what they've done and put them as one of the top. I'd say top three, top three gyms. I don't see who else. It's American top team. Um, I forget the name of their their gym. I think AKA belongs up there. They had a lot of champions. They they do, but not, I'm not, I'm talking about in terms of training and developing fighters. AKA has phenomenal fighters, but I don't think those fighters are necessarily great just because they're at AKA. Like I think they would be just as good or better if they were somewhere Hmm. else.
1: I don't know that I agree with you with that one. I think AKA is anyway. There's a reason why all those fuckers are getting injured all the goddamn time. It's because they fucking go crazy hard, and maybe they're not training uh, s- the smart smartest way. But it it it's I mean it's hard to argue what they got a stable of champions. I mean again, not not all of them are champions anymore. Like Kane's no longer a champion, and and uh. I mean, just they just have the one yeah. at this point, but yeah, and DC, DC, and Habib.
0: What's DC? Oh, you're of? right,
1: Noah. That's right. He's not a champ right now. The, the, but the chili J's coming, and I think DC's gonna win.
0: He he's champion of the Dad Bod Cup. <laughs> no.
1: He's... Did you hear I so uh Holloway and he, Holloway and DC have the uh the daddest man on the champion? The yes. daddest champ- I love I love that Holloway repeatedly calls DC the daddest <laughs> man on the planet. Yeah, I love that. That that is that is such an
0: odd friendship that also makes complete yeah, sense. Somehow. No, but
1: they have amazing personalities. And even even Holloway's post-fight, like, you know, Holloway Holloway's fan base was cracking down hard on people that were weren't calling that fight a robbery. And even Holloway, the true uh, gentleman he is, was like, "Hey, f- hey, my fans, I love you guys. That you're ride or die." And I, f- I forget how he said it, right? I love that you guys are ride or die, but look, the fight is what it is. It, it happened. It's done. Move on. And which is to me makes. Makes Holloway
0: that much more likable. What Mondo? I didn't. I did not see that quote. But I'm pretty sure he didn't say the fight. uh, I don't know how you said it, but I'm pretty sure he says he said. Oh no, he did say
1: it is what it is. That's something that's honest. He's got shirts that say
0: that shit. It is what it is. You know. Yeah, and that's that's a, a a a tough but sometimes good motto just to yeah. adopt no and then so what, what's fine. also
1: endearing to him is he'll be back is be, what's endearing to him to, or to me is that he 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 talks the talk he walks the walk and he's he's being a, a in my opinion a an a, a wonderful role model for his kid you know for his son uh, rush um you know teaching him those same hopefully teaching i think he is teaching him those same values like hey man you win some you lose some kid there's no there's no,
0: um, you know. There's no. Don't cry over spilt milk. It is what it is. You know. Well, and that's that. I mean, you could see the difference and um, how much Rush had learned. Uh, uh, because I remember the first, the first fight that he saw Max lose, he was just like inconsolable. Yeah. The kid was mm-hmm. crying and whatever. And then the second fight he saw Max lose, he was like, eh. yeah. <laughs> He's like, yeah. It, it happens. You lose. You come back. You know. It's it's the, it is what yeah. it is. Like he would kind of just adopted the the is what it is, and um, you know it, it's and and because yeah it was it was that Dustin it was a Dustin Poirier fight I remember like like they were trying to like console him and then when Max lost to Volkanovski he's like yeah oh, whatever yeah. <laughs> like, we'll be fine. yeah it but happened with something
1: the world that of, Poirier that, fight was a one fifty five fight yeah if I correct if, if I remember correctly. so it didn't mm-hmm. it didn't damage his quote unquote one forty five bad acidness um.
0: No, he just got his, got to see his dad yeah. like busted oh, yeah, up a yeah, lot yeah, which he yeah. hadn't he not yeah. seen before.
1: Yeah, and I felt for the kid, and um, I felt for the for for Max too. That that fight,
0: it, it's tough. You know, a lot of times people like they don't have to deal with with kind of personal failure and deal with huge setbacks until they're much older in life, and it seems like this huge fucking thing because they just haven't been confronted. With, you know, when they're when they're younger, and it's like, man, it, it's a rough way to learn it. Seeing your your dad get The crap beat out of him in front of thousands of people, but like when that kid has to deal with a setback in his life, he's gonna be like, "Yeah, shit happens. Like, we just you just you move on from it. You go forward. You find a path, and you keep going. And it's not gonna be this huge thing that it is to some uh, people. So um, tough way to learn it, it, but it's gonna serve him right." This is (laughs) I didn't really put a lot of thought into this quick little
1: bold prediction. If Rush were to ever be a MMA fighter in the future he's going to ha- he's going to have a, an advantage in the mental uh, like just cuz his dad, you know, hey man, put all the work in, do your best. Uh you're not always going to get the results, you know. That's that's a good good
0: head on your shoulders. So mo- moving on, the last fight of the card, let's not spend too long on this. It was it was Kamaru Usman versus uh Jorge or I guess George, to his close friends with yeah. all, And it, uh, Kamara Usman did Kamaru yeah. Usman things And Masvidal couldn't really do anything about it And that was pretty much the fight Yeah
1: um, I saw your post on Blasted You know, the comparisons to George St. Pierre and, and how a lot mm-hmm. of fans gave GSP hate Because, you know, he's a predominantly uh, wrestler And you tend to just smother and take dudes down to the ground And control It's really control-based Slowing down your opponent control-based and mm-hmm. that's what Usman did during the, the, the majority of the fight. However, where I think I, – I don't know if I agree or disagree with you on this one because I don't know your opinion on it. Where I disagree in the comparison with GSP and Usman is that GSP had other tools. He had like a, a, a phenomenal jab. He had like uh-huh. – for a while, he had like that Superman punch. And he, he had a, a, a lot
0: of other striking tools to his um, – so, to his arsenal. So, so what you're saying, what you're saying, is like this is just a hypothetical okay. with me. Say GSP uh, was fighting someone he really, really didn't like, like, and and you know his 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 hot Canadian blood got up. GSP, you know, is notable notable savage, and he just he just really wanted to punish this this asshole that that he didn't like because this asshole was talking all sorts of shit, making sort of like borderline racist comments you know, talking talking bad about Canada. He was like, you Canadians should should stay back across the Canadian border, you freaking snow Mexicans and, like, all this sort of <laughs> snow stuff. Snow
1: Mexicans? <laughs> wow.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's what I said. Like, he's, like, really, he's just, like, really going in and and making this all political. And GSP's like, I, 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 in, I, I want to punish this man. I do not want to let him say these bad things anymore. So, like... So then, basically, what you're saying is like GSP could go into that fight and just just do keep it standing up, just batter the fuck out of this dude, break his jaw, and then finish him with strikes. But like Usman couldn't do something like that because he doesn't no, have. No, I tool think set. Usman
1: does have that tool set. I just think that Masvidal was enough of a threat where he didn't. He played it safe. He he, oh yeah, he hugged sure. and boned him. What? So really? So um, as GSP also did but many fights. GSP. I can't. I can only think of one fight, and maybe I'm forgetting others. But I can only think of the one fight that he got that someone got under his skin enough was the Nick Diaz fight, right? Was there other fights where someone got under his skin?
0: I don't. I don't know. So I, early in GSP's career, like the reason he has that nickname Rush is because he just did like crazy blitzes. He was super yeah. aggressive, and then when he got the title, no, I can't. I can't really remember any other fight. It probably was just Nick Diaz. Because Nick Diaz has a special talent for that.
1: Yeah, but I okay. Well, I don't know. I I don't. Uh. I still think. Well, again, we still have yet to see. I don't think we have. We I don't think we've seen the best of Kumara Usman. I think he, he's gonna. Con, I think he's gonna continue to get better. So who knows? I might be fucking. Uh, might be kicking myself in the ass in a year or two. Um. He's not reached like GSP height of of like dominating ground and pound. Like he's get he's got. For sure, he's got a lot of those tools, just not as sharp as
0: GSP had the tool set, the skill set. Um, well, so, so the one thing I do want to interject is the people that, um, especially recently, his last few fights that that Usman is fighting are so much better than the competition that GSP went against. Like, no disrespect, but one of like a really Carlos Condit was a, a very tough fight for GSP. Usman would. Take him condit kind of apart like mercilessly, like Pete condit that GSP thought it w- it wouldn't even be close.
1: It would be, I think Usman's approach to
0: a condit fight would it, be exactly what he did to Masvidal. It wouldn't, it would not even it, no. Because here's the difference. Here's the difference. Masvidal is 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 a knockout threat. He is a powerful striker. Like he can put you out. Usman was wary of that. He w- he would not have been nearly as wary. With Condit, he would have come forward a lot more. He'd have thrown more, and he would have mixed the takedowns. in. It would have, it would have just been a, a rough, rough. Let me ask for you: Did you enjoy the Usman Masvidal fight? Yes, I didn't. I didn't. I, I know you. Okay, so for, so for me, the reason I enjoyed it is because I have all this wrestling background to fall okay. to fall back on. And one, I really enjoyed watching Masvidal contend with Usman's takedowns. I mean, Masvidal did a great job. His takedown mm-hmm. defense was great. He did a very good job of scrambling back up. I mean, Masvidal is a good wrestler. He's not as good as Usman, and he's not as physically powerful, so he's at a disadvantage. But, I mean, I, I've said for years, I think Masvidal is one of the best all-around yeah. fighters. Like, his his, his skill set is not lacking yeah. in any area. Um, but the other part that I was sort of like – not like giddy, but I had fun watching. I'm like, oh, oh, all you fuckers thought wrestling was just taking people down and laying on top of them. You you didn't know about all this clinch shit. Like like, because if you watch a college a mm-hmm. wrestling match, so much of it is just clinching and fighting for position and hand pummeling and like, there's all these little intricacies that are are a little bit hard to follow if um you're not well steeped yeah. in, in wrestling. But like, all that came to bear, and then I was watching. My, uh, Usman throw a little MMA adaptions to keep keep that viable. Like he, you know, he was working in all these these little shoulder strikes. I mean, the part that everybody memed on hard were the foot. Oh songs, my god! It does like annoyed
1: the shit out of me. But uh, anyway, sorry, cut you off.
0: But yeah, he he was he was finding viable yeah. ways to stay in that wrestling clinch and still do damage and not have it broken up. And like that was entertaining for me because besides. <laughs> Like earlier career, John Jones, we haven't really seen someone do that stuff. And Usman was just like taking it to to another level. Was it, you know, the most exciting, like, oh my God, he's going to get KO'd? No, but watching him just systematically break down Masvidal, like through clinch work was was entertaining for me. No, I
1: get you. I get, I understand, uh, and don't take this the wrong way, I understand your bias and and I think you understand my bias. I I wanted I wanted Masvidal to win. I wanted Masvidal to just fucking do something as spectacular as the flying knee to uh, Askren's face. I want I when when Asma, uh, Masvidal said he had something in the he had a plan. He had like a a, a skill a tool that he was going to bring out in the fight. And, and I, I, we didn't get a chance to see whatever the fuck. Or maybe we did. I didn't get a chance to see whatever that skill or that tool was. And and of course I do have that. I did lean. I wanted Masvidal to win. So I yes, I do have a I did have a bias and the outcome wasn't what I wanted and whatever. It it was a good fight. I, I You know what I'm talking about a, an immediate rematch. I don't know if that's going to happen or not, but
0: so okay. Let's let's keep that uh immediate rematch kind of in the back of our minds, but this is what I was trying to figure out after the fight. I'm like if if you're Usman and Masvidal's you know, manager, agent, whatever, it's like, what do you, what do you do with these guys at this point, both in MMA and who you're trying to book them against and, and, and out of MMA, because, um, they're, they're both not young fighters, you know, or even close. I mean, people think of, of, um, you know, Masvidal is a veteran, which, I mean, he's had like 7,000 fights, um, and he's, he's 35 years old at this point. But, like, Usman's also got a lot of miles. Usman's 33 yeah. years old, and he's, like, a wrestling old. Like, I don't think got, there's probably any cartilage yeah, left I in his knees. I was about to say,
1: he's got really shit knees, and he's talked about it on uh, Rogan's podcast about his knee. Like, he can't – he doesn't do any running because of his knees are so fucking bad. So he's got to find a way to do cardio outside yeah. of
0: just running or jogging or whatever. So it, it's possible both of those guys only have, like, maybe, like, two, three years left in okay. MMA. Um I mean, I, I would not be surprised to see Masvidal fight longer than Usman, just because, you know, despite all the backyard brawls and stuff, like I, you can see, like he he's a smart guy. I mean, even heard him talk about it because they asked him, "Oh, were you training super hard this whole time, you know, in anticipation of Usman?" And he's like, "No, man, like, I, cause I like I backed off, I took a break. Like, you can't you can't just go hard yeah. the whole time because then you get a fight and you're burned out." Um, you know, I'm paraphrasing, but, like, I, I think he's approached his whole career that way. So, while he, he might be two years older and have um, probably, like, 50 more fights or whatever it is than Usman, like, he might not have as much wear and tear on yeah. his body. Because um, that's another... When have you ever seen Masvidal just get, like, fucked up in a fight?
1: Um, I, I, I can't yeah, remember I'd, ever. I'd have to look... I'd have to go back and look at all, like, his entire fight library to point something out. Uh, earlier on, you know what his, his biggest... Um, um, Achilles heel was the fight. Like he would lose a lot of fights because they'd they go to des- judge's decision and he'd lose the guys that like mm-hmm. were kind of barely outpointing him or something like that. So that's how he, he, so he has a lot of losses in his record, but it was because he would let it go to the judge's decision. Um, and that's when the whole resurrection thing came about. He's like the resurrection of, of Gamebred's, uh, fight style. Like I'm going to finish fucking dude. I'm going to merc dudes now, you know, um, specifically for Usman, if I were Usman's manager, what I would do is, um, because, okay, so i want to use the parallel with GSP. So GSP had a lot going for him because the guy was good looking, he was Canadian, so he was one of Canada's few, like, elite MMA guys
0: at the time. Oh, thank you, Romando. I'm so glad that you think I am good looking. <laughs> was much that was more Mexican than Canadian, but fuck it, we'll go with it.
1: Uh... You are a handsome man as well, Armando. <laughs> so anyway, uh, GSP. So it, it, unfortunately, Usman does not have the looks <laughs> to lean on that. That GSP did, but I would, if I were his manager, I would um, do whatever I can to do the same thing with the nationality part. Like he is the Nigerian nightmare. I, I would, I would, I would lean into that as heavy as I can. Like make him, you know, one of the one of his country's. Biggest and brightest
0: stars. I would I would lean into that. I would also lean into, and we've seen. Yeah, unfortunately, as as far as being the biggest and brightest star, I think Adesanya already has that market. But cornered.
1: he's not Nigerian, though. He's uh, is he? Uh huh. I thought he was like yeah. he was like maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, I thought he was born in Nigeria, but Niger- like
0: no, they both really? are. Huh. Yeah.
1: Okay. Well, I'm, I was. I was about to say, I thought he was from like New Zealand or something and just
0: happened to be born in Nigeria or so. I don't know. And this, okay, so this is the other thing I was, I was wondering about Usman. Like, obviously, like the persona that he's putting out there uh, isn't, has not been well received by fans. Like, like Usman has have had like a huge, not even a chip on his shoulder. He's had a boulder on his shoulder. Um and it's like, if you're his manager, do you do you tell him to tone that down, or like, do you think it's all like, you think it's an act? Like, how how, how is there is there a different way he can present himself to the so, fans?
1: So, so George Mosvadell re- revealed a lot, all right, whether they're true or not. Jose, jo, uh, Jose, Jose George Masvidal pointed out in video form how Usman used to have a different personality coming up as a contender and then and then when he became champ mm-hmm. that personality flipped into something a little more phony right and i i think to draw another champion to another it's like be, do do what John Jones is doing like play into the heel thing maybe maybe that works better for you than trying to put off this persona
0: like you're this good guy nice guy like ah, you're you're kind of a douchey guy do, do you think wait do you think He's he's trying to put on a nice guy persona though. Um That's not what it seems like like it, it, to to me when I when I've heard him speak kind of away from not away from the cameras but like one of the times I heard him speak for an extended length of time was on the Joe Rogan uh-huh. experience and he was way more chill like I'm like oh you have like a sense of humor like you can be a little self-deprecating like he was just way more relaxed and like the the Usman that I see is is like he's just like like I said, big chip on his shoulder. He's, like, trying to be this, like, yeah, so, badass, so, like, you know, come at me with that same energy. It's like, uh, okay. Yeah, so right. that's <laughs> what that's what
1: uh, Jorge Masvidal pointed out. I guess I, I flipped it. I've said George and then Jorge, different points of this podcast. Anyway, um, Jorge, Jorge Masvidal pointed out in some video or a couple of videos how, yeah, again, like I was saying earlier, coming up, he didn't have this, I'm a bad guy, I'm a gangster, I'm a badass Chip on his shoulder, like persona, and then he becomes champion. All of a sudden, it comes out, so like it's it seems insincere. Like, I, that, and I think you know, that's yeah, again, that's kind of what the parallels of John Jones and that John Jones for a long time tried to come off as you know, he's got a tattoo on his chest, that says Philippians. I'm a religious guy, got it,
0: got it. Okay, so 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 it's in reverse, is what you're saying because J- so you're saying like John Jones was. Putting on an act to seem like a goody two shoes, but he's really a heel, and Ma, uh, and Usman really is a lot more chill of a guy, and now he's putting on a, an act to seem like a heel.
1: I think sincerity is the most important thing. What which one are you pick? Pick one. Like we don't we don't know which one you are which one are you are you usman the badass you know the nigerian nightmare badass or are you this guy that was up and com- up and coming hungry content look when when usman fought in the ultimate fighter i never would have predicted mm-hmm. he would have been champion i was like his style he's not, he doesn't have enough oh, tools really? um he didn't have that i'm a badass
0: uh uh persona back then you know okay so so okay this is the other thing i am wondering about though i wonder if he if he's had that chip the whole time. And now that he feels uh, a little bit empowered, he's the champ. Like he got to where he, he, he wanted to be. He's just like, you know what? Fuck all of you. I'm, you know, I, I'm going to make my feelings known now. Like I'm not going to yeah, hold maybe. back. Cause th- this is one, this is one of the things that, that really stood out to me. Um, cause it, I don't know if you remember Ben Askren was just trolling him Marty. relentlessly. Cause he would Mart- call him Marty <laughs> from Nebraska. And, and the the explanation of that story was this: you know, Kamara Usman, he he's he's an immigrant, um, you know, he's 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 a little. I, I think he was probably a little bit smaller uh, of a person in like in high school. You know, he was a little little freshman or sophomore in high school, and this wrestling coach um, talks him into coming out for wrestling, and can't pronounce his first name, and he's like Kamara, whatever. I'm just going to mm-hmm. call you Marty. I heard that story. I was like, what the fuck? Like, I don't know how. Usman interpreted that when, um, you know, when he was a kid, you know, he might've just been like, Oh cool. He gave me a nickname. Like I'm part of the group now. The way I would have interpreted that if I was Usman was like, this motherfucker, like will not even call me yeah. by my real name. Like, this is like some <laughs> root shit. Like, 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 yeah, uh, you're, you're not kamaro You're, you are Marty now. I'm like, good God. Like, I don't. I don't think this is right. You know, I. I bet in the wrestling coach's mind, he's like, "Oh, he's got a hard name to pronounce. I'm going to give him a nickname. I'm going to make him, you know, more integrated into the group." Well, well, meanwhile, Usman is like, "You racist yeah, motherfucker! Yeah. You're giving me like a white name, like." And and obviously he liked wrestling well enough to you know to stick to it. You know, maybe he did appreciate it. You know, he. I haven't heard him um, disparage that wrestling coach, but I just knew the way I would have. Reacted to it, and I'm like, yeah. "Damn! Like I, that ship could have been on his shoulder the whole time, and just little, little, you know, Carmaro Usman, you know, the Mar- Marty Marty Usman, the the sort of immigrant keeping his head down, has just been holding on to all this shit the whole time, and now it's coming out. Yeah. I don't know.
1: So that's one angle. Maybe, maybe." Maybe he is the badass, and and like you like you pointed out, maybe maybe he was afraid to speak up, but now that he's got the pedestal, he can actually be himself. I'm trying to figure out who himself is, who the genuine him yeah, is. Yeah, exactly. So he can lean into the heel, maybe, and and I think I think the uh, the audience, the general public, will will buy buy into that. You know, especially because he's got the style for it. It's not the most exciting for other than people that appreciate grappling. It's not the most, you know. Um, or, or, or
0: greatness, grappling or greatness, one of those two <laughs> So times. that's one way he can go about it. The other way? Just like really good effective fighting. The other way I thought about... Who aren't filthy casuals. <laughs> sorry, go ahead. The other way I thought about... Who don't want to just see two guys just stand there and punch each other in the face, who like technique. Sorry, go ahead. You're gone. You're- All right. Who just want to see the best fighters against oh, the best fighters.
1: Who want to see martial hey, arts involved. No, I'm sorry. Okay, you go ahead.
0: Uh, go ahead. Another way I you involved. could lean into it. He wanted no, okay, Excels here.
1: Oh, wait, that doesn't work here. That's not. That doesn't that doesn't pertain to. Anyway, um No, another way you can do it is is there there've been a few clips and bits and pieces about him and his daughter, his relationship with his daughter. And I think that's an endearing way mm-hmm. you can um continue to milk. You know, Cody Garbrandt had a little of that coming up when he was mentoring that kid with the uh, whatever, I forget the disease, right? Um If Kamaro yeah. can conti- it was Ken, i think it was cancer yeah, yeah. and if if leans into the um you know the the dad girl thing the Kobe Bryant dad girl thing if he leans into that more he'll make a more endearing to fans but then he'd have to take a step back from playing Mr. Bad Guy like you can't do you got to choose one or the other but but it's got to be i think the most important is got to be sincere which one are you which which one of those two
0: are you i, I think i think we've hit up, we've hit on it i think i think this is both very simple and extremely complicated is that Karamaru Usman just to, needs to you be himself. You just call himself. him Karamaru. How dare and you? In, <laughs> cut that out. <laughs> Karamaru Usman. <laughs> Marty Usman. No, I'm sorry. Kamaru Usman just needs to be himself. And in order to do that, he has to figure out who yeah, he is yeah. first. And he might not know. What about um, Masvidal? Okay, let's I, I, let, let's let's move on to to yeah. Masvidal and what you do if you're Masvidal's agent slash manager. But l- let's approach this from a little bit different of a track. You know, I I think the same question also applies to f- to Usman, but there's just a lot more angles that that Masvidal could, could go. What did he? What does he do outside of MMA to capitalize? Like, you know, he's he's thirty five. He's had a million fights. I- I think it, it's unlikely his star is going to get any bigger than yeah. it is now. How, how does he set himself up for life I after fighting? Dude, like, I think like, the dude is
1: – I think he's – if I were his manager, I think I'm doing everything perfect. I mean if you think about it, he's got this Mezcal company. So you know he's uh, – I think it's Recuerdos. I forget the name. Of it. It's a Mezcal company. I think, I think Masvidal – has already been thinking about this for a while, and and that's when the whole resurrection came about. And investing in this mezcal company, he's now on the cover of UFC EA four, right? Him and um, Adesanya. So I think I think just
0: just just uh, to clarify for people who are not familiar with Hispanic beverages, mescal what
1: is mezcal is um, it's, it's 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 somewhat comparable to uh. Tequila, so it's 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 a grain alcohol spirit. However, after talking about mezcal with my folks, apparently mezcal in like in like uh, Latin countries is kind of a cheaper, more uh, version of it. I, I I I've never had mezcal before prior to about a year ago, and now I have a bottle of mezcal in my room like almost all the time. Um, it's got a smoky I don't want to get too much into Mezcal, right? This is not the Mezcal podcast, but it's got a different flavor. It's a crazy – I've oh, never dude, had it. so It's a crazy grain. It's clear usually. Um, a lot of times when people think of uh, Latin grains or, grain or spirits, they think of the worm, right? And a lot of people think tequila has a worm. And, yeah, there are some tequilas that have it, but it's almost always Mezcal that traditionally has a worm in the bottle. And so it's nope. – anyways, it's a clear-grain uh, spirit grown off of some fucking plant. I couldn't – I think it's Magui. I don't remember exactly the name of the plant. But it's it's in the family of – to me, it's in the family of like a tequila. But uh, but the mezcal, the different mescals I've tried, they all have a, more of a – almost like a smoky flavor. It's not for everyone. It's – some people, it's like white lightning, but it's not that strong. It's not like – it's not, you know – but it, but you, you tend to shoot it. It's not really something you use in a mixer that I've seen that I've known. Maybe I'm wrong, um, right. but I, I enjoy it. Um, I I put it over rocks and maybe a squeeze of lime or, or, or lemon or lime, and I just sip on it. It's not
0: it's not you know. Yeah, give it a shot one of these days. So see, so you, you would go like the lifestyle route with Moscow because I mean, that's when you're you're talking about that. I'm like oh so he. I mean that's kind of a parallel to Conor McGregor and his his. Yeah, twelve or whatever it is. I, I, w- I would say if I, um, I would say if our were uh
1: management, I think they're doing a lot of great things right for him. It's heading in the right direction and continue to do that. Continue to fight for big name fights only. Fuck putting him against contenders. He's no longer a gatekeeper.
0: If, if are you, so, you're a pretty big Masvidal fan, right? He
1: grew on me the last year or two for sure.
0: Okay. If here's a question. If he came out with a clothing line, I'm not talking about, like, shitty Reebok fight kits or, you know, or, or just, like, you know, T-shirts with, like, a logo on the back. Like, an actual, like, clothing line in, in the vein of, like, some, like, big celebrities. Would, would you think about buying it if the stuff so, like So,
1: when Conor McNuggets came out with Proper 12, a lot of people went mm-hmm. out and bought that bottle of Proper 12. And I just couldn't see myself buying a bottle of it. I wanted to wait for other people to hear, like, it actually tastes good. And a lot of people were on the McNuggets train, bought bottles of it at like a ridiculous, like expensive prices. When I got around to finally buying a proper twelve, I had it, and I gotta tell you, I was not impressed. It it's not to me, it's not a very good whiskey. However, I am probably at some point gonna buy a bottle of this mezcal, and I'm gonna and I'm gonna judge it based on does it taste good, does it taste like shit, or was Masvidal just promoting oh. it because he's affiliated to it. With clothing, um, being that I'm Latin, as long as the clothing doesn't make me look too goofy, like maybe a—I don't know if you know what a huayabera is. No, so a huayabera is kind of like a. Uh, I've got a shirt I can show you. It. Uh, um. I'll show you later. I don't want to get away from the podcast, but it's it's kind of like um, kind of like a beach, gentleman's wear, like like a lot of like uh older um people from like the you know down south south america latin american coastal co- communities where it's kind of like a lighter breathable yeah culture. i got you um but it it's also not like it's not like a t-shirt it's like it's kind of in the middle between fancy and formal but also beachwear mm-hmm. if if mos if it's yep. the right apparel if it's the right clothing i might be in, in, inclined to wear like a mosvadal branded waivera but if he just if he just pushes some t-shirts out or something that have like an affliction like type of branding to it and it says George Mosson I won't buy that, you know.
0: No, that's what I was talking if it was like actual like actual clothing like um you yeah, know, I'm not I'm not trying to 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 <laughs> put uh in, in line with like a I'm trying to remember who the Kardashians are. Um Kim Kim Kardashian. I'm sure yeah, she has a clothing yeah. line, right? Like we're, we're like, it's like an actual like line of like clothing. I mean, hopefully he it depends get on what it is. It is. It Cause if um, it's
1: Masvidal bathrobes, I'm not going to buy one. You know, he's been wearing, he's been, he's been sporting like <laughs> bathrobes and shit to weigh ins And also like, he's like leaning into like the casual leisure, whatever. It depends on what it is. Um, but I'm only speaking for me. Depends. Yeah. Some other people out there might be, might be pining for a Masvidal bathrobe. You know, I, I don't know. <laughs> what are you, what would you do if you're Masvidal's and, coach?
0: It, 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 or your you, managers. You could you, you could you could get. Wait, wait, hold on. You, I, this, I'm pitching. I'm pitching a Mosfetall clothing line product. It's the Mosfetall after sex bathrobe, and then on the back it just says five seconds. <laughs> I don't. Come
1: on, no one would buy that. No one would buy that. No, even as a gag, ah, he might have a good small percentage.
0: Okay. Okay. It was just. It was just a thought. I was throwing it out there. I was trying to trying to tie some I things like together. I like I'm just thinking like um,
1: like realistically. I don't know that anybody would want to buy a robe that says I lasted five seconds or I five seconds or whatever fastest. Yes that that was that was the joke. Thank you for. <laughs> what would you do if
0: it, What, what <laughs> would you, you do What would you do if you were Masvidal's manager? You know I, I don't I don't know I was I was looking at what a lot of uh, pro athletes who are successful do after athletics and the tough part is the ufc fighters just aren't making that type of money so there there's a lot of um you know uh like like i think it was bobby hole like became like an owner in the nhl and it's like no masvidal is not one you just can't get ownership stake like he can't buy a franchise team in the ufc because those don't exist and he's just not making the same sort of money as some of these really successful pro athletes like go out and, and do some of that stuff so it It has to be um, smaller scale. And the one thing, when I looked at UFC fighters who are doing really successful things outside of the UFC, the ones that stood out are the guys getting into real estate. And I think... Ayakinta and a couple of the guys. And James Krause as well. Ayakinta is a real estate agent, so he's sort of trading off his name to sell houses and and has kind of forged another career. Um, James Krause... uh, I mean, I, I think that James Krause has to be one of the smartest minds in in MMA as both a fighter, a coach, and what he's doing outside. Because James Krause is just taking, you know, the money he's making from the UFC and he's buying real estate, renovating houses, and he's either flipping them or, you know, setting up uh-huh. his rental properties. And that that's something where I, like, I could see Masvidal just not wanting to deal with all that bullshit. But real estate has always been a phenomenal investment. And it's something that that you know, if you get a fifty thousand dollars bonus on a fight, um, you know, let alone however much Masvidal made for for two fifty one, you you can buy a house and have pa- you know what's called passive income for the rest of your life, where you're just getting you know uh, money from a tenant. And again, I could see that doesn't necessarily seem like Masvidal's vibe. Like I don't I don't think he wants to deal with like someone calling him because their water heater is broken mm-hmm. or something. But that that avenue seems to be really good for a lot of um a lot of UFC fighters. Like you mentioned Aya Quinta and James Krause. Like, that was the thing that that popped out. I'm like, man, if you need if you need to make a, a smaller scale investment where you definitely want to get a good return, like real estate is a great way to go.
1: Yeah. I, I you know it also he he kind of um someone asked him um, during the the build up to the fight with um Usman. Was uh, uh, about the fighter pay issue. And and this is before the fight. Like, mm-hmm. are you, would you be willing to advocate? Uh, or would you be, what, what advice would you give up incoming fighters, et cetera, et cetera? I see him maybe, maybe not. I don't know if it suits his personality. Maybe um, helping or being a name to add to the list of people that are working for a, uh, a fighters union. And I'm not saying he's like the the brightest guy out there that maybe the most vocal or, you know, but, but, but he is, he has, he'd be one of the fewest big name stars currently that would be willing to help push and promote that as actually happening. Cause a lot of times what happens is you guys got, you get guys that make it to the top of the heap and then make boatloads of money. And they really don't give two shits about the guys at the bottom anymore. Maybe they do, but they don't actually vo- voice their opinions about it. Maybe they've, they they earned their their uh, their stripes with the company and they don't want to say anything to disparage the UFC, but I, but I that didn't stop Masvidal. You know he made that comment even after he signed on for a bigger you know whatever fight structure whatever whatever the details of the contract are, he still said he still spoke his mind. He's like no man to my younger brothers and sisters that are fighting, and I'm butchering what he actually said right. But he said to my younger brothers and sisters that are fighting. Um, know your value, know your worth, don't settle for less. And and I, I admire that. I think, as long as his name is still big up there, I think he can, his voice carries weight, I think.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I don't know how, how you, you don't look up to Masvidal if you're a younger fighter. Like, the guy's been in the game forever. He was, you know, fighting in backyards yeah. in Miami, all the way to, to fighting for a belt in Abu Dhabi. I mean, and he just he's just kept coming back, and you know, in this this last stretch of his career, found out a way to to reinvent himself. And, and I'm uh, gonna
1: I'm gonna butcher this quote. He said, "You know, back when I was up and coming, you could have paid me two thousand dollars to fight a gorilla, and I would have said yes. But now that he's got those years, now he knows better. Now he knows like he hey, he's got to put his foot down, and, and um, he's an exciting fighter. You know, whether he's won or lost,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um." The, the, his fights are fun to watch. I can't... It, it it would be very hard for me to think of a boring George Fidel fight.
0: So, let, let's... I think that that's that's a good way to, to end our uh, 251 yeah. talk. Uh, y- you wanted to just, just um, I guess, wrap up th- this episode with a little, like, what's new in our lives and some personal yeah. stuff and, uh, and talk about the TV shows. So, what's up? So, what's new with you? I was supposed to have started my job
1: this week, but... It seems to be like there's some kind of weird sh- shit going on with human resources and or my background drug drug tests. So pending, we're still pending the results. I check my f- effing emails like every day, uh, like ten, twenty times a day. So so, so, you, so you you're starting a new. I started a new, new job. job.
0: Still it, st- uh, it it's it's a, yes. a sales job.
1: Sales job. Um, Cover large, large, large amount of territory. More money than my previous employers. A lot of cool benefits. The idea is, I. Ooh, what's the coolest benefit? Well, more money and a company credit card that I never had with my previous
0: employer. You know. So the with my pre. So does it does it take you out, does it take you out of town at all? And can you put fun things on the company credit card?
1: Yes and yes, but I, I'm I'm a I I don't. <laughs> I probably won't take advantage of it that way I will I will for sure hundred percent use it for uh, company purposes I its put this, this is my personality right with my my previous job for probably the first year and a half if I bought like donuts for a customer or, or or for my inside sales office team I bought these things as a kind of a thank you for doing your job for helping for for being my support system for for being my good customer I, I felt really weird. Because we could have. I could have submitted receipts to the company and asked for that money back, right? But I thought, no, these are my customers. This is mm-hmm. a thank you from me, not really the company. But for the first year, year and a half, I wasn't turning in these receipts as part of my expense report. I just wasn't doing it. But after a while, when my company started, things, got, things started getting expensive. Cost of housing in LA started getting worse and worse. I started turning in those receipts and the pennies were getting stretched further and further, and that's when I started saying, "Hey company, I need a little bit more money." And they offered to give me a little bit more work, but they they offered me breadcrumbs for the additional work. They weren't they weren't they really were trying to take advantage. They were trying to bend me over. I just I didn't I know what my value is. It took me a while to figure that out, Mister George Mosvadollar slash Armando Mirrors. It took me a while to figure out where my value was. And uh, anyway. Yeah, so this new company's paying me a lot more money. Another thing with the old company that's different from this new company is that like credit card thing. Before my previous company, if I went and let's say I spent a week in hotels for travel or whatever, um, that came out of my pocket and I was reimbursed like a month later. And uh, that hurts when you're already kind of living paycheck to paycheck. Um I tried to explain that to the employers, and they just didn't go for it. Again, the the previous company was based out of Illinois, so cost of living and housing in other areas is a lot cheaper than Southern California. I'm sorry. It just is. It's a fact. And uh, they just weren't understanding of it. And um, so there were times during that previous job where I had to juggle between, am I going to do my job and spend a week traveling, or am I going to pay rent? Um, So having... A company credit card with this new outfit really just it it just makes it makes me not have to worry about like doing my job or or, or paying my bills or, or paying my you know student loans or paying rent or whatever it is
0: i understand where you're coming from because um the the last university i worked at when i was a college coach uh had had a program through the business office where we could get rental cars and i'd come from like a smaller private school That didn't, they didn't even like it if we took our own car and then expensed it because, you know, they're like, oh, you know, we don't want to pay for all this. Like, they had such a tight budget. So, like, for the first, like, year I was there, I was just taking my own car to go recruiting, paying for the gas myself. I mean, it was a little tiny, uh, I can't even remember the model. It was like one of those little Saturn, like, SL, like, four-doors so, it got like 37, 38 miles to a gallon. So, I was like, whatever. Like, it's not a big deal. I'm just taking my car. And then, eventually, one of the other coaches realized that I was taking my personal car to go recruiting. And they're like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, they don't give a shit. Like, nobody... Like, there's this big fund that nobody uses because... you know, I'm, I'm paraphrasing. But like, everyone at the school is lazy as fuck. Like, you're the only one yeah. going out recruiting all the time. Like, just take advantage of it. I'm like, oh, okay. So, then... I all I fi- you know I figured out I, oh I just fill out this this little f- like form and they give me a voucher and I can just go to Enterprise, which was amazing because after like the fortieth time that I went to Enterprise and they knew me by you know by first name, they just started giving me right. all these upgrades where they're like they'd come in and they're like oh uh, hey it's great to see you you so we we had you for the Honda Civic but would you like a Dodge Charger <laughs> yeah. instead I'm like yes. <laughs> um, I may get arrested before I get to this recruiting <laughs> tournament, but it will be worth it. <laughs> Can I get an insurance on so, this car for free, I, please? <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, that one I think I did take out <laughs> the extra insurance. So. <laughs> um, I, so I understand where you're coming from. That'll, that'll be nice. I mean, just, just, just m- money is stressful, especially when you're shelling out your own money to the job that should be paying you money.
1: Here's another, here's, I mean, I've mean i made, I can go on and on about like little personal sacrifices I've made for the benefit of my company that they just don't see them as sacrifices. You know, living in SoCal, rent is ridiculously high. And so for the past two years, mm. uh, I could move in with a roommate somewhere, right? I just don't want to move in with a roommate anymore. So I had to move in with my folks. Um, and, and living with your folks is not fun when you're damn near 40 years old. Uh, and, and it's just a result of the economy and the how cost of housing out here versus anywhere else if I was making the money I'm making with, with my previous job and lived in let's say Arizona New Mexico Texas I'd be fine I'd be perfect not the case in SoCal so one of the the nice uh, perks is you know the additional income that this job will provide me is I'd finally move the fuck out of my parents house again after two years of being here uh, get my own place um that's where eventually the quote-unquote mondo studios will be for this podcast you know i'll have everything set up i won't have to fucking you know right now everything's set up on my bed all my recording equipment so it'll be like in my and i'll have a nice little hopefully kitchenette area wherever wherever i can have everything just set up and not have to worry about
0: setting up and tearing down every podcast it'll be it'll be my place you know i feel your pain um because so I don't I don't know if you're familiar with with real estate and everything that happened in Denver, but when I first came out here, it was after uh, graduating okay. college in California. So that was that was like 2005, and and so, so, so from like 2005 to 2007, when I was sort of out here, rent in Denver was dirt cheap. Like you could get I mean, not a nice one bedroom, but like a one bedroom apartment in a, in a pretty cool area in Capitol Hill. For five hundred dollars a month, all utilities included. And and then I left to go on a series of adventures <laughs> and misadventures, and came came back to Denver um, years later. And I was like, what the fuck happened? Like, cause all so all these these um, big tech companies and a lot of companies in general relocated their headquarters to Denver, and then there were all these people. I mean. You know, hundreds of thousands of people moving to Denver, a lot from California, because as you mentioned, it's expensive as fuck to live there. And like there just weren't enough houses and, and, and housing for people. So rent went way, way up. Um, so I, I've been living in, um, in an apartment near like one of the really nice parks in Denver. And and I felt so fortunate because I found one for like nine hundred and fifty. So went months. from five to
1: nine fifty.
0: I could yeah. I mean and that that, that apartment, the nine fifty apartment was definitely a little bit nicer than the five five hundred apartment, but that that was unheard of. Like I got lucky to find that place. Most apartments so, so let me let me let me give you uh, an example. The the apartment building that I, I had lived in where it was it was five hundred. Um, for a one bedroom, that same apartment was going for seventeen fifty. Whoa!
1: That, yeah, that's very similar to here too, though. It sucks.
0: Yeah, and they, I think I think they'd renovated the place. I'm sure it was definitely nicer, and they did some like interior touches. I'm like it's the same little yeah. shitty apartment that's going yeah, for that the, much. If more. I were to
1: if I were to make that that comparison in L.A., um, an apartment in Long Beach uh, seven years seven eight years ago, I might be fucking up the time frame here. I used to have a one bed, one bath where I was paying six fifty a month, not including utility. There's actually they included water and trash, but I had to pay all the other stuff, right? The the gas, the light, the uh, internet, all that stuff. Cable six fifty a month for a one bed, one bath, small. You know, one very small. Uh, very very. Um, the accommodations were okay, but they weren't very big. They weren't they weren't nice. I, I had I had literally I had neighbors right next to me, sharing a wall on both sides and below me but it was like 650. Mm-hmm. I I could do it. I could manage it. It was great. Something like that right now, anywhere in SoCal, I think they begin at like 1400 bucks a month, so they they damn near doubled. The last place Yikes. I moved out of 2 years ago, we were paying, I had a roommate, we were paying uh 1650 a month for a 2 bed, 2 bath, which is we 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 loved it. It wasn't too expensive. You know, we were living paycheck to paycheck, but we managed. The landlords had the fucking balls to raise from one month to the next from sixteen fifty to twenty seven fifty and and literally Jesus. everybody in that complex moved out everybody um and so i how how do landlords and such justify the crazy spike in whatever and in rent but uh I think we have an influx of just like I think SoCal is also a desirable part of the world to live in, right? I think we have an influx of other people from the Midwest or wherever, coming from all over the place, that want to live in LA and make it as um, actors, actresses, uh, whatever, entertainers. Um, and that influx of people drives uh, the the um, you supply and demand, and and it's just you know it is what it is. I, I I didn't choose to be born and raised in SoCal. It's just where I'm at, and you know. Uh, so anyways, I got this employer on the line. I'm just waiting to hear back. So I'm officially on the books with them. But meanwhile, I'm also kind of looking at other places here and there, applying just in case.
0: I mean, so I guess that, that kind of ties in a lot with the, the what's new for me. Because um, I, I moved out of that apartment I was in because it's like I was I was just sort of getting by, but I wanted to, to have more um, money to divert towards like health stuff and, and some of the, the, the health problems that I was getting into. And my my, my, my my mom, not even my parents. My mom talked me into. She's like, "Well, what if we bought a bigger place and you could make your own apartment there? And like, you'd have your own apartment, your own like space and everything, and and it would be great. And then you could save money, which we we tried to do with with with, with one place. And I, I renovated the whole basement. I turned it into a, a like a finished apartment. You know, it had its own kitchen, its bathroom." Um, you know, like a like I had, I had I called my my recovery room. It was sort of like a Joe Rogan esque little room where I had like an infrared sauna, and I had a, um, like all sorts of like a, like a percussion massager and all this this shit. And the one thing that absolutely drove me nuts is no, I, I had tried to soundproof it the best I could, and I could still hear my parents walking <laughs> around above me. And apparently, when you're like their age, you have to get up a lot oh, yeah. in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom. And I would get woken up every single time. I'm like, I can't fucking do this. I was losing my mind. I'm like, I spent. I mean, I probably put forty thousand dollars worth of like my own just labor, forget materials, but uh, of work into this place. And I'm like, I can't. I can't get a decent night's sleep. Like, yeah. I'm gonna lose my fucking mind. Um, and then I I went. I don't need to go into all the details, but I I went on a vision quest where where I was I was running through snow covered mountains for for hours upon hours. I think. In the one month of January I ran hundred and twenty seven miles. Um and I spent You ran hundred and twenty seven miles? Yeah, in a month though. In oh, a month.
1: I was like, Jesus, you fucking beast. <laughs> in a month. Yeah.
0: And and I spent seventy-two hours on an airdyne bike in that month as well. Um but I was just like thinking about shit and like what do I want to do? And one of the things for housing that I was like, you know what? Like fuck fuck this. Like this apartment, it didn't, you know it didn't work. It's gonna it's it's really hard to now that we've I've put all this like effort and labor and and money into it to just say this isn't working and banning it, but somehow I need to convince my parents that this was a failed experiment. We need to get the fuck out of here, and I want to find a property where they can have an even nicer house than they have now, and it's going to be a half acre or bigger, and then I can build my own house like like when I thought of like what- forget what's possible, forget money, forget all this, what would be my perfect scenario? I'd be like if I could have. My own house that was like just on the same block or yeah. next to my parents' house. And like, that'd be great. And then, you know, I spent a uh, uh, more than a year trying to make that happen. And we we, we bought a property where um, the only reason we even pulled it off is because we were just prepared for it. Like it was an estate sale where they just wanted money fast. And it was, it's a 3,500 square foot house on a half favorite year property in a very desir- a desirable neighborhood. In Denver, and like nothing in the house had been remodeled since the '60s. There were like holes in the wall. One one room had five different types of wallpaper. up. <laughs> if You can picture that. Um, there was like like the floors were all torn up, and there was shit everywhere. I mean, it, I mean, it, it there, there's there's like a ho- there's levels. Okay, there's like hoarder house. There's a house that's destroyed and had dogs piss all over the floor. And then there's, like, the level that this house was at. But it was a really nice house besides the cosmetics. And uh, there were 14 we, – we saw the house on a Thursday. It went on the market on a Thursday. There were 14 bids between Thursday to Monday when we got the house. Wow. 14 bids in three so days. So people really wanted the motherfucker. Um, oh, my God. Like, w- we were there on tour, and there were multiple people rolling up in wow. cars just to, like, try to, like, go see the house. Um, because it was it let me put it this way we, we we bought the house i did i did some work on it in that first month but it it appraised for a hundred thousand dollars more than we bought it yeah a month yeah. later yeah because you did work to, yeah uh, and it would be it was not even that. They, we just bought it for way, way less than it was worth, and then I did some work onto it. And yeah, now now it would probably be 150,000 more uh, on the appraisal than what we paid for it. But the exciting part—this is sorry, this is all big lead up to explain how I'm doing this—is um, I am starting the design phase for my new house. Uh, I've hired an architect. I sent off the the retainer fee today. Uh, had a surveyor come and, and like map everything out uh we've got almost all the paperwork done to get the lots subdivided so if i ever want to we ever want to sell one of the one of the two houses we could do that and keep the other one and um it's it's really freaking intimidating because i've i've learned so much more about building and remodeling and construction but you learn when you're looking at everything that goes into building a house from scratch you're like oh shit like that's there's just this whole other level of knowledge that you need to, uh, to be a general contractor. And that's, I'm going to, I'm going to general, uh, be the general contractor on the project, which is fucking terrifying. I'm like, God damn it. I, this is the house that I want to live in for the next 20 years. I sure, I definitely don't want to fuck something up and have it fall down or, or, you know, or get like water damage or something random. You have a little bit of practice. They're not they're quite the same
1: level of, uh, uh, I guess uh, intimidation factor to it, but hey, you, you you did that garage when we lived in the Lancer house, so it's kind of like mini practice for
0: the intensity of this new one. Well, well, no, 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 okay. So just just to be clear, I'm 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 miles and miles beyond back then. Back like I mean, at this at this point, yeah, I've done like huge remodels and, and renovations, and um, but there's just like little shit that you wouldn't think of. Like, okay, so what. After the foundation goes in, you know, the, the concrete that the house sits on, and you do the framing, the actual, like, wood structure, like, I didn't know that there's this special sort of sealant that you need to put in between the framing and the foundation to both, both like, waterproof it and, like, keep bugs from, like, crawling through that area. Yeah. Like, there's just, like, little shit that you don't think of that only becomes a problem when there's, like, like some random insect in your house. Yeah. You're like, where the fuck did this come yeah, from? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um but I don't know. It's exciting. I'm looking forward to it. But like you, for the time being, um, I'm, I'm also living in this big house with my parents. But the positive was I, I moved in months ahead of them. So when I was doing all the renovations in this house, I was like, I'm going to just frame off this whole little suite. So I've got like a little like, it's like 450 to 500 square foot like suite where, where there's like two uh, three rooms. And so I've got like a living room, a bedroom, and a little um, kitchen slash walk-in closet, like a six by six, where I've got like a refrigerator good for you, and like good a bunch for of you. storage. So I'm not, I'm not hurting as bad, but I, I also yeah, yeah. I still feel no, your pain. Yeah,
1: it's more of, uh, yeah, there's, it's more of, uh, I guess, personality conflict. It's having three adults in the same place is kind of, you know, you're gonna drive people, you drive each other crazy. I'm, I'm sure I drive them crazy. They drive me crazy, and it, it is what it is. But yeah,
0: well. Eh- and it's it's definitely been harder, I, I think, probably for everybody with the, the pandemic and the lockdowns where it's like, you know, it's it's a lot easier when you're like going out and you're just coming back to a place to sleep, yeah. but when you're stuck in the house for the whole time. So on that note, um, <laughs> were there any like television shows or anything in particular that kept you sane during this pandemic? And being locked down, it's like, what am I going to do? I, I
1: don't, as much as I hate, you know, I want to go out and do some exercise and shit. And I've been doing it the last couple of weeks. But California shut down. We can't. We're not supposed to be outdoors unless you're wearing a mask and essential workers only, and all this stuff that tells us stay in, stay in, stay in. So you know, aside from playing video games here and there, I was like, I'm gonna start watching all these shows that people recommend. I think I made a post on my Facebook feed about, hey, what shows are you end up watching? And I saw, I rewatched Game of Thrones again. Uh, Ugh, why would you do that to oh, yourself? Oh, dude, I enjoyed it. In fact, in fact, after I rewatched the entire th- season from beginning to end again, um, I went and bought the first. What is it, five or six? Bo- five books in the seven a book saga. I, you know, I guess George R.R. Martin has not finished mm-hmm. six yet, and seven's a, a far ways away. So I went and bought the books. I'm like one and a half books in. Um, but yeah, I I rewatched all the Game of Thrones. Um, I, someone recommended Ozark, and man, I flipped through those first three seasons like over the course of a weekend. Just talk about binging! Like literally, like not leaving my. I thought the premise of it. I was like, I'm not gonna enjoy this. I'm not. I'm not gonna enjoy the premise. I'm not gonna get away. Give give away what the premise is, but it's like you know, some guy gets pretty much conned into. Working for a drug lord and he's got to uh, money launder and and I was like ah eh, it's a shitty premise but I started watching it and dude it sucked me in finished that um Umbrella Academy I love I love I love Umbrella Academy I can't believe I didn't discover it when it first came out whatever two years ago a years ago um, the new the new one's coming out at the end of this month so I or a couple weeks here from now. Uh, I'm excited about that. I can think of more. I'm, I I probably watched like eight to ten series. I'm not kidding you. I just don't remember the rest off the top of my head. So, um,
0: I I was I think it was a little bit fortunate uh, that right before everything broke with COVID, I I just randomly bought a PlayStation. I hadn't had a console since we were in college, and it was the, like the original Xbox. So I bought a PlayStation Four, um, and I it was weird because because I, I was like you know what. I I would love to play some of these really good, sort of story based games. Like, those are always enjoyable. So it's kind of like almost like an interactive, like, show that you're watching. And I kept ending up, I mean, with these really good post apocalyptic fucking games where I'm like, (laughs) I don't want to think about this shit. Like, I, I, so, I mean, I played, I played uh, The Last of Us, which, I mean, that is one of the greatest pieces of storytelling. Like I've never been so emotionally invested in a game, but it was like tense because I hadn't played video games yeah. in like a decade. So I suck with the controllers and you're so emotionally invested in that in the characters, and I'm like, I fuck up and you have to see this like 14 year old girl <laughs> get shot in front of you. Cause I can't aim the goddamn thing. I'm like, no, don't touch Ellie, you motherfuckers. Like it was, it was, I mean, so like I, I had made this incredible, incredible jump in my skill set because I was getting like emotionally upset that I was killing Uh, Ellie. I'm like, no! You can shoot me in the head. You don't fucking kill Ellie. Um, And yeah, it's a post-apocalyptic game about zombies. I'm like, god damn it. I I wanted to play that game when I watched one of our brothers,
1: Greg Davison, play that game. Unfortunately, it's a PlayStation exclusive, so I'm fucking just... Now I'm just an outsider. I want you to get part two because part two came out. You gotta tell me about that one too. I want to watch the... I'm going to... I'm just not like emotionally ready for it right now. <laughs> oh, okay.
0: You're giving yourself some time. You're um, recovering from the from the first one. And then, uh, so so just just again in this this run of like post-apocalyptic games, uh, then then I, I played uh, a game called Horizon Zero Dawn, where it's like way after the apocalypse, and you're finding out like all these stupid things that humanity did to learn out, you know, to, to just basically destroy the earth. And I'm like, I'm like guys, I know, I don't. <laughs> You have to you have to make it so so right in front of her face. I mean that was a fun game because like like there's like robot dinosaurs and shit running around, so it was a little bit more removed. And then I was like, you know what, fuck this. I will play the <laughs> Spider Man game. There's it's it's Spider Man. There's just no post apocalyptic anything because it's gonna be Spider Man. It'll be fun. And then I shit you not, uh, you know, minor spoiler alert, but the the game is you're trying to you're trying to stop stop the the uh, a virus being unleashed on new york city by a, an evil character who happens to be chinese so it's not covid at all just <laughs> no no and then and then this is the most fucked up part this is a huge spoiler i'm just going to say it because this was like there's no way they're doing this. aunt may gets the fucking virus oh. and i was like and I was like, of course, but okay, fine. You're going to save Aunt May. There's no way that Aunt May dies from this virus. So I never played that game. That game came out well before the coronavirus was
1: ever a thing, right?
0: The, yes. Wow. Yes. Holy shit. Well, okay. Well, because here, here, here's part of the thing. I think the, the idea of a virus coming out of China right. was nothing new, like H1N1 and SARS and all that. And the, not to get too deep into corona, but there's a reason why, you know, Singapore and South Korea and all these countries were super prepared because they're right next to China. They've already seen this shit kind of play out where it hasn't been bad. And they're like, oh, if these two different things, um, you know, if, if the virus could spread a little bit easier or if we hadn't contained it, this could have been really bad. So like, like Singapore, for, for example, had this enormous, enormous hospital, mega hospital that was already built. Specifically to deal with pandemics. This isn't. This is in real life or in the video game. This isn't. No, this is in real life. So what, I'm, so what I'm saying, like these real life countries, like the idea of of a Chinese virus was not nothing new. Like a lot of countries were are in the real world were already prepared for that. So I'm not surprised that that worked its way into a video game. You know, art yeah. imitates life, sort of thing. But I was like, God, fucking damn it, Spider Man. I just wanted some escapism. God damn it. So you try, You wanted to avoid.
1: Or you leaned away from, you know, whatever, post-apocalyptic, pandemic-like, whatever, entertainment, right? I totally leaned into that uh-huh. shit because I was all, always into, like, zombie stuff.
0: Oh, really?
1: Yes. So, uh, yeah, no, like, and dude, I got, I've... I've probably a dozen books on zombies that i've read i've read max brooks has a book called i forget the name of the book but it's like the zombie survival the complete zombie survival guide i read that thing fucking cover to cover probably three or four times i'm not joking and it's funny because the book is like totally satirical but it it plays out like it's it's if you read it it's almost like what would you really do if zombies invaded and it goes from like weapons to be using to what would you do for a habitat? Like I'm, I'm way into
0: zombie post-apocalyptic shit. Like I love that stuff. So so let me, let me give two recommendations then on that note. My, my, I will give a TV recommendation for people that like zombie post-apocalyptic stuff. And then I will give a separate one for people that want nothing to do with any of that and just (laughs) want something fun and escapist. So, the, the the one that I watched that that I was I, I was surprised how much I enjoyed it was called Kingdom I think it's still on Netflix it, it is a South Korean, uh, program so like you you can listen to it dub the dub is pretty good I just listened to it with subtitles and or and and read the subtitles and I liked it more that way but it's like it's sort of like in like feudal Korea where you know there's still kings and. You know they're, they're fighting with samurai swords and everything, but there is a, a zombie outbreak, and it's like a little bit of a detective story about what's trying, what's go, them trying to figure out what's going on. Why like, have it's I a, never heard of this shit? I gotta a, watch it. Oh my god, it was that was one that just I just sucked me, sucked you know just drew me into it. It's beautifully shot, like the acting is good, and the one part that I was really impressed with. There were so many little things that I thought were going to be plot holes, or I'm like, yeah, this doesn't really make sense. And they did a great job of giving you enough explanations where you're like, oh, yeah, that, that makes sense where I can just suspend disbelief and, and really enjoy this. So it was, it was Kingdom. Um, and I, I, that's good enough where there is a big spoiler at the end where I was like, you motherfuckers, but I won't, I won't share that. And then okay. also on Netflix, this is, this is just complete escapism and something I never thought I would enjoy. But there is an animated show called Haikyuu. Um, haiku, hi, no, 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 not like no. It's not haiku is a poem. It's haiku. Okay, so I fucked it up. H, haiku? yeah, it's H A I K Y U U exclamation port exclamation point haiku. Um,
1: Wait,
0: H A Y, H A Y K, no, 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 no H A I, H A is an apple, I is an in intelligence. K is in koala. U is in U-boat, U boat. U is in U boat. Exclamation point as in hyperdie. Okay,
1: as <laughs> okay. in hyperdie. Also on Netflix. I gotta check. So this those
0: might out. not be for everybody because this is this is like anime, and I I'd always thought anime was like either like you know little power fantasies for thirteen year old boys so they are like I want to be a superhero and have like crazy power, or I thought it was like weird like kinky Japanese shit. Um, and what I found is like that's only like ninety five percent of it, and there's this <laughs> <laughs> there's this there's this small point where it's just like really like long form storytelling. So Haikyuu is about a a high school team, and when I was watching it, like I I I'd, I'd actually purposely avoided dealing with anything with like team dynamics or team sports because I, I was like man. I was so deep into that shit. Like I have all these like memories that, that get brought up when I even even if I'm just like watching a football te- game on television, like I'll start sh- thinking about shit from when I was a coach that I just don't want to like deal with. And this this show had such a great approach to like team dynamics and like people trying to better themselves and. All this character growth and kind of story arcs, where I was like, it was just so fun for me to watch. And they did, whoever wrote it, I I think had to have been a coach or a longtime athlete because they just captured all this. And the the crazy part, there's two crazy parts. One, the fights actually kind of do feel, or not the fights, the games, the matches feel a little bit like anime fights. But instead of instead of fighting some like monster or something, it's it's boys high school volleyball. (laughs) The fuck. I know I was I and again I remember Netflix was like you should watch this and it might have been because I watched uh, Kingdom and they're like oh you're you'll you'll watch something that's subtitled and and they're like Netflix was like we recommend you watch this show I'm like really Netflix you want me to watch an animated show about boys volleyball and and I watched the first episode and it was the first episode most of it like wasn't wasn't great. It was, it it did feel a little bit childish. And then they left it on a cliffhanger and that cliffhanger was enough to get me to watch the second episode. And then after the second episode, I was just hooked. And it's, it's this, this, um, it's a story about really about these two, two freshmen trying to find their place on the team, trying to figure out how to interact with, with, you know, teammates and team dynamics and, and get better. And it's, it very much has that, um, there, there's a term f- for for uh, these animated shows called shonen, where and I, th- I think the core of a shonen is these characters constantly trying to improve themselves, get better, get stronger, get more powerful. But in this case, instead of learning to you know shoot some sort of laser blast or something, it's like the 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 you know one character who's really inexperienced needs to learn how to like receive serves or like like learning like some basic skills. And it's just the show, the comedy. It's it's there's a good comedic element. It's very funny, and it's just I don't know. I th- there are moments in that show where I've gotten like more hyped watching it than I have watching like actual like sports games.
1: See, I have never something about animated series. That's not always true. I, I was about to say something about animated series. I don't really use, typically enjoy, um, but that's not always true because I did. I did eventually watch Rick and Morty, you know, and that and I did like that the humor in that. So I maybe I'll give it a try. I, I I'll have to
0: I usually don't like animated series because they're so like they're so there's they're kind of childish. They're for kids, right? Yeah. And it's like that's just not really what I what I'm I'm looking for. And that's what I said. I, you know, I, I found cuz I have watched three of the three of these animated series, these sorry, anime, you know, they're Japanese animation um but they were not they obviously were not made for kids because a lot of them Haiku was one that was just fun and lighthearted the other two that i watched were like dark as fuck like one was called Attack on Titan um didn't they make a movie of that I- yeah but i think it was terrible um and uh, the the other one though the other one that i would recommend was called Vinland Saga and and it, it is about um you know it it's it's set it's, it's an historic show it's set um largely in uh iceland and then it gets into england and um norway where like vikings are like raiding and it's it's like this 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 young young kid whose father had been a viking commander and had had basically ran away from battle um and to, to 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 iceland to have a family his the father gets back gets dragged back into it uh and, and and the kid you know and ends up dying and the, this kid is is sort of on this this path to try to avenge his father, and like the show is like very dark and sometimes hauntingly beautiful and there is a lot of like character development and an incredible sort of villain slash antihero and I was like fuck I didn't understand that and you know I always thought that anime was these these sort of silly like childish shows. And then I realized, oh, in Japan, it's just a medium. Kind of, kind of like if you said, oh, movies are just, you know, big flashy explosions and stupid action and there's no plot. And you're like, no, that's a lot of movies. But movie, like film is just a medium and you can do a lot of different things with it. And yeah, in Hollywood, there's a lot of movies that, that fit that mold. But then you have indie films and you have dramas and you have comedies and, and there's a lot of variation. And it's the same with these anime shows.
1: Yeah, I, I, again, it it would have to be very highly recommended to watch anime. I'm going to check out Haikyuu. Haikyuu, I hope I, I'm saying it the,
0: right. The, the, the two that I recommend are Vinland Saga. Like, Vinland Saga, I would just equivocally recommend. It's an incredible show that they just made cheap because it was animated. But it's just a very good show. And it's not, uh, especially, it's not childish, really, at any point of it. Uh, and then Haikyuu, for me, it was just fun. Like, I just legitimately enjoyed that, having been an athlete for so long and a coach. Hmm. It's haiku was a little bit, little bit more childish, but I don't think it's like purely like a kid show. I gotta admit that of the
1: three shows you've named, I'm probably gonna watch Kingdom first. Kingdom, yeah, oh for sure. (laughs) And then, and then I'm gonna go into one of these other ones. I have so much damn time on my hands until I officially start my job. I'm like sitting at home, again playing video games, scratching myself,
0: trying to do some exercise. I'm I'm not, you know. But yeah, I, I, I would say I would say watch the first. Because the anime episodes are short, too. They're, like, 20 minutes, maybe. So, like, I would watch, like, the first couple... You'll you'll like Kingdom. Watch the first two episodes of of Haikyuu. And if you don't like it at that point, just drop it. And then watch the first three of Vinland Saga. And if you don't like that, just okay. drop it. Okay, gotcha. Good recommendations.
1: Uh, Really, I don't know. We're, we're just about wrapping up this podcast. But I did want to, because I did have one bold prediction. We didn't talk about... today. So, so today, by the way... Uh, fans of our show, (laughs) fan of our show, uh, we're recording this on a Wednesday and there's a fight card tonight, but obviously we're not going to get this episode up in time to kind of review or talk about tonight's fight card. So the next one coming up is actually this Saturday, the 18th, right? I think it's the 18th. Yeah. The 18th Saturday. Um, I did have one bold prediction for that fight card and that is David Davison Figueredo is going to beat Joe B and Joe B is going to retire. I think I think Joe B. Joe Benavides has has had enough cracks at the title and just has never. He's always been at the top of the mountain, but never
0: quite the champion. Um, Joseph Benavides. I, I, think, I think Benavides is the best fighter to never win a belt. Makes sense. Makes for the I, longest, I can't think of anyone even where it's even close. Like yeah, He's uh, so good, but he was just always stuck behind Mighty Mouse.
1: Yeah, I was about to say that he was for the longest time. It was Mighty Mouse, and then when Mighty Mouse lost, it was to Cejudo. And Joe B was still at the top of the heat, but, um... Benavides you know beat Cejudo. Yeah, you're right. Benavides did beat Cejudo. I was about to say that, too. Benavides did beat Cejudo, but... but and so now's his time to do it. If he's going to do it, it's going to be now. If Benavides be the champion at 125, it's got to be this fight. Unfortunately, um... Figueiredo's already got a victory over Joe B. Mm. Um... And Figueiredo's only losses to Jace... Jocera Formiga. Um... However, for those of you hardcore 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 MMA fans that do like the MMA math, um Figueredo did I'm sorry, Formiga did lose to Joe B, so it's kind of a weird triangle like one guy eats the other guy, the other guy beats the other guy, but they I don't know. But again, I just think just I think uh, I think uh, Davison Figueroa does it on Saturday beats beats Joe B and um Joe B's a likable guy. You know, he could have been a likable champion at 125. I don't have anything against the guy personally. Um, he seems like a smart enough guy, but I just think I just think he's, you know, I just think he's gonna hang up the gloves after he loses. I mean, what are you gonna do? You lose twice to the to the you lose twice to the same guy, and the, and that guy becomes a champion. You can't call for a third. You can't call for a trilogy with a guy that beat you already twice. You know, he, he
0: part of, also part of his problem. I mean, he's thirty five. Like yeah, it, it, you can get away with being thirty five and still have years left in your career at heavyweight because none of them were athletic to begin with and like their their games aren't be based on being fast and athletic nor do they have to contend with people who are like that fast and athletic but dude at, at 125 like you're getting like premier athletes cuz they're not big enough to play a lot of the other sports and it's like you you just can't you can't get away like it just doesn't work you can't get away with um I'm sorry 1 yeah 125 125 yeah so, so it's like once you're 35 man like you're you're really on the decline. So I, I hope he wins it. It it sucks to be the, the best person in the, in the history of the UFC to never win a belt, but uh yeah. I and mean, I think you're probably right. Yeah. So on that note, let's wrap it up. We, we definitely, we have to get, we have to get better on formatting. I don't know where we went too long, but like, I remember I was watching the time and I'm like, Oh, we're doing great on time. We're doing great on time. I was thinking, like, man, like if we could get this all in in an hour, perfect. And then I stopped paying attention, and now we're an hour and forty something in. So, hey, we're, it we're, happens. We're just like um, the, the characters in, in Haiku and Kamara Usman. We're all still getting better and learning, and uh, we've not yet reached our final form. <laughs> That's yeah. I like it. Thanks for listening. Yep. Peace out. Bye.